Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. This is LOTL, and this is episode 121. And on tonight's episode, we start off with the catch-up with Jimmy. We've got some uh, interesting topics that Jimmy gets us caught up on. And after that, Jordan's got a new segment, and we talk about that. Uh, after that, we move on to the LOTL time hop. As we go back a year in the past and uh, look at what we were talking about on last year's episode at this time, uh, after that, we get into our sports topics. We talk about what an idiot Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak are and how Clevenger made it even worse by not uh, coming forward. We talk about the NBA bubble. The playoffs are getting close, and uh, we go through that. NHL, the Blue Jackets are moving on, and they are right now involved in a five-overtime game with the uh, Lightning, so that'll be interesting to see when that goes final. Uh, we talk about the big news of the day, which is college football. Uh, big Ten and Pac-12 officially have canceled or postponed their seasons. They will try to play in the spring, but um, no football for Ohio State this fall, which is a big bummer. We dive into that. Uh, the poll of the week, should college football play their season, which is uh, related. And uh, we break down UFC 252. Stipe looks to further cement himself as the greatest heavyweight of all time when he takes on Daniel Cormier for the title for the third time. And we end the episodes with shout-outs. Uh, we go around the room, including Steve, who's sitting in for Ryan this week, and we do our shout-outs. But before all that, we get everything started with the Beer of the Week. Let's do it. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, Ryan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast. Who's back? We are. Well, we, well of you course, are. This is uh, us. Uh, I'm also back. That's the main important thing. Uh, after my lovely vacation in Williamsburg, Virginia last week, I am back with the boys. Um, and we're going to start things off, of course, the usual way beer of the week. We have a little, uh, little German flavor today, boys. Uh, it makes me a little sad though because this is an Oktoberfest and I love Oktoberfest and all the Oktoberfests are canceled, but the beer isn't. Uh, so we're drinking Franz Oktoberfest by Rheingeist. Let me take a sip. It's Franz Oktoberfest. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, I love Oktoberfest beer. I believe, Dan, you also like Oktoberfest. Oh yeah. Right. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, I'm really curious to see what young grasshopper thinks of uh, this yes. beer. You know, I always like to weigh in on uh, the beer knowledge or with my beer knowledge, uh, limited beer knowledge. Uh, love it. Big fan. Constantly new, growing, though. Constantly growing. Mm-hmm. My palate is diversifying. <coughs> as his one would his say. palate's a grower. It's a grower. It's a growing palate. Yes. Love it. Um, again, when I think of fall beer, I know it's Oktoberfest, blah, blah, blah. I can't get Spooky Tooth or like Ooh. Market Gardens. Uh, what, what's it called? It's Market Gardens. The Franklin beer. Castle. Yeah, I yeah. can't get those out of yeah. my head. So hey, guess what's coming soon? It's coming. 
I do love fall beers. I love the pumpkin beers. Might those be my, my favorite. favorite. Those are my jams. Yummy, yummy. Oh, oh that might be one of the more unique ones that I've had. But not not um, to not to take but the spotlight this week, away. But this week, Fonts. <laughs> yes, no, I like it a lot. Um, I've never had this before, so might have, have to you had Oktoberfest before? Or? I think you probably Great Lakes have one. Yeah, yeah they do. I've had Great Lakes. You had Zufa from Fatheads. Had that? That was Oktoberfest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. That's their Oktoberfest. Um, Zufa. I really like Rheingeist. I they're becoming one of my favorite Ohio breweries or just breweries. Uh, I've had this before and it's very good. So it's a little. It wasn't what I was looking to get today, but I like it a lot, and it actually fits with the season because all the Oktoberfests are coming out right now. Um, I love the, it's got like a malty flavor. Like it just has a classic beer flavor. A lot of, like bursting yeah. with flavors. What do you, what do you think, Dan? I mean, I Bursting with flavors, yeah. he says. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Here, I'll, you know what? While you're thinking, I'm going to read their description because these are always my favorite because they're so, so on the nose. <laughs> Franz is our Oktoberfest. Oh boy. I already don't know the word. Bra, brew. It's spelled B-R. Brow. Brow. Franz is our Oktoberfest brow. Not traditional, but uber German. He, uber. He's an oh, wow, the way they word this. He he's is. an autumnal brew, a bit of a dreamer, often hiking in the Alps to return brimming with great ideas. Like those brisk hikes in the steep mountains, these Munich and Vienna malts will pump you up. Mm. It's uber German. Like I said, I, I, I love it a lot. It's got a nice, a nice malty flavor, just full bodied. I'm just very malty. I don't know. No, no, I know malty is no, the no, it is. That's yeah. the right. That's the right. That's word. the operative word there. Definitely yeah. malty. Uh, very yeah. good. I, I, I like you. I, I love Oktoberfest. I love fall style, style beers. Do you know what would this would be good with? Like you're having a, a bratwurst, a little a bratwurst. I was gonna say barbecuing, but bratwurst. Oh, that work. too. Yeah, a, a bratwurst late summer. Hang out at night. Maybe it's seventy degrees, a little breezy. This would be perfect. I'm thinking this around a bonfire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I still. I mentioned this before uh, we started. Um, it, it almost kind of seems like breweries are coming out with Oktoberfests earlier this year. I don't know. I could be I, wrong. I'd on have that, to double but, check. I'm pretty sure like, they usually do come out in like August. Yeah. But. Yeah, but it was like it was like the beginning of August. It, well, this one was late July, I think. Yeah, this one came. So out. I, I feel like it's a little bit. Could I wonder be. if breweries are like trying to uh, speed push up, stuff up, or trying to speed yeah. up twenty twenty so we can yeah. get it over Which with. Which is yeah, yeah. That's I, how think, works. I think all of us are pretty much done <laughs> with this calendar year. Yeah, so yeah. sick and tired of it. But yeah. Um, anyway, I really like it, uh, Jimmy. What do you think of the can? I f- I, I feel like this is gonna be, this is gonna be a segment now every week. The can, yeah, Jimmy yeah, yeah. with the can art. See, Rheingeist, uh, I've always liked. Uh, there, there's a simplicity behind it. I like the little pattern, the little yeah. They always have they have pattern. the same. It's like platform how they have the the same the uniform uniform design mm-hmm. but different colors. Same template, yeah. but template. Can, that's can, what I was. Yeah, you can adjust the colors exactly. It's exactly. a very soothing can to look at and to drink from, which I like by the way because it keeps a little bit of uniformity, but it also allows for creativity. Yeah, like with their mm-hmm. with their marketing, like between whatever style uh, beer it is, they're eye catching, grind guys. So like that yeah. little symbol, little skull on the logo. That's it's like, iconic. Like you iconic. see that, like like Ryan guys. They they don't even have to put Ryan guys on the can. If you look at that logo, you know that's Ryan guys. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So they're successful in that sense. Um, little color scheme works yeah. very well. Uh, 
I'd rate it out of 10, give it a 7.2. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Would you buy it again? Absolutely. Well, uh, that's just the design, 7.2. Taste, probably give it a solid 8. Okay. I like it a lot. So I like Oktoberfest. Yeah. That's, that's a rookie beers. score. I, okay. You're right. You're right. I have to add the decimal. <laughs> uh, I can't take it back now. I already gave it a score. I already gave it. Can't take it back. You're right. Um, Steve, what do you think? Oh, uh, oh hello. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Steve's not much of a beer drinker, but he is, after a long absence, joining us again. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah. Awesome to have you. Uh, and thank you. Uh, Ryan is obviously not here. Uh, he's on assignment, so we had to uh, get a replacement in rather quickly. So uh, I texted Steve, and in like two minutes, he texted me back. He's like, I'm in. So he's here. Uh, so... Not gonna actually ask you what you think of the beer because you're not drinking it. But um, what do you what do you think about breweries coming out with uh, fall style beers already? You know, it's a little strange when it is 90 degrees outside, like it was the last couple <laughs> days. Weird. But you know what? People are in the mood where they just want to, you know, they want to have a good time. They can't really do it through traditional means. I think it's all great. You know, honestly, you know, however way these businesses, whether it be beer or whether it be anything else, you know, the way they are trying to connect with the people right now is is really impressive, and I I think it's great actually. Yeah. So, um, would you get it again, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. I, I would too. This is a great beer to bring to a, a late summer fall party. Um, I would, if I had to rank it, I, I'd give it I'd give it a seven a seven and a half out of ten. I, that might seem low to some. I, I'm doing that because I, this is not my favorite style of beer, but for this type of beer, it's one of the best I've had. It's very smooth, very drinkable. Um, it just feels heavy when you drink it. So, <laughs> so Jimmy went eight. Jordan went seven point five. Mm. I'm gonna go seven point one. Oh, and I think the uh, the reason why I'm going lower is because this is from uh, Cincinnati. And, oh. Uh, with the way that the Cincinnati Reds were acting towards Cleveland this past week, when yeah, they, they got town, real aggressive, uh, talking about you know just from the clouds, nobody was asking for their opinion at all. But they said Cleveland so nice, uh, LeBron left it twice with a tweet, <laughs> and then the Indians uh, decided to spank them three out of four times in the battle for Ohio and uh, and kept the Ohio Cup for a sixth straight year. So uh, good on you, Cincinnati. Uh, go back to your hellhole of the city. And uh, never come back. Ooh, so thank you. Rough. Dan wow. was thinking I seventy one with his rating, and that was a really nice throwdown. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nice. That's clever. All right. Well, that's beer of the week. Uh, like we said, we have Steve on here again, so that's cool. Uh, we have some. I'm looking forward to hearing his takes on some of the topics. Takes, takes. We're all about takes. Yes, we are. I was looking at another. Uh, Script. I was so confused. Oh, you were looking like, at the, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, actually. Hey, let's get let's get caught up on the catch up. Yes, let's get that out of the way. Hey, yo, thought you'd never ask. Let's do it, boys. <laughs> so, first off, shout out by the way. Since uh, we forgot to do it last week, uh, the uh, the music here. Are we gonna do that this week? Let's do it this week. Okay. The music you're hearing right now is uh, the same band as our intro song, but it's a different song. This one's called Duck and Cover. You can hear it faintly in the background. Little little production value for the 
for the friends. At home. I know we're really stepping it up over here. Yeah, let, you know, you know, we, we said we were doing it last week and then we forgot to no, put it in there. Right. So no, hopefully funny. nobody caught that. Like I said, we're not consistent, but we're consistent with our episodes. Maybe yeah. not the production quality. Yeah. So we apologize, <laughs> but we're always learning. So let's get caught up. First things first. I'm sure, we all saw this. A 35-year-old man slammed into the side of the Reserve Square building downtown Cleveland. I did uh, not he was, see this. He was parachuting. Did we not see this? Oh, no. I did see this. Yes, he was parachuting. Yes. I had no idea it was in Cleveland, but it was in Cleveland. Yeah, I knew, I knew it immediately because I made, saw the Reserve Square sign. Made national news. Did it really? Yep. And he was oh. taken. He was with four other friends. They landed fine. They were jumping off other buildings uh, in the of area. Of course they were. And he slammed into the side of it, and he was taken to the Metro Health Medical Center to treat a broken bone. Oof. So he's not seriously hurt, Rough. but oof, yikes! I'm not sure if you got. Did you see that? Steve? I'm surprised you only had one broken bone. Actually. Yeah, that, that sounds sick. like multiple. Dude, he that was a it was a thud too. Thud. He hit, and that's a that's a that's a cinder block like wall facade. Look, he's not dead. Yeah, it sounded bad. He must have hit like ass first or something. It looked face mm. first. Uh, I don't know. You know who knows? Yeesh. But Yeesh. Anyways. You live and you learn. Was That's his one crazy. Bony broke his skull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly, I don't Set know if thing it was is released. The parachuting is a perfectly good social distancing activity. Yeah. yeah. Until you yeah. until you fly into a building, yeah. especially an apartment building, and then you have to go to the hospital. Yeah. Where all the COVID cases yeah, are. Yeah, it's worse. <sighs> Jimmy knows all about that. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, <laughs> real quick before you finish your segment. I was listening to that episode. Oh yeah, you weren't here last week. And I was blown away. Oh yeah, I can't Jordan believe no that's that blew me away. And you're that not on Snapchat, was, so you didn't right, see right, it. Right, right, yeah. I was truly like, as you told the story more, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. I was like, is he alive? Like, is this an imposter, Jimmy? That's telling this story. Like, what's going on? Yeah, that's rough. Well, the I'm ghost glad, of Jimmy. I'm glad that you survived that. That's rough. Me too. Yeah, no, it was a rough time. So if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the episode last hey, week. Hey, so very go. nice. That's right. Nice plug. Let's just say we have a miracle boy here. In miracle our boy. Yep. Nine lives and don't know how many are left because that's happened a couple times now. Oh, shoot. Lifelong battle with nut allergies. <laughs> that's right. 22 years old. Okay, moving on. Speaking of nuts, what a segue. The plant... <laughs> <laughs> the pl- Hold on, don't play anything. I'm not playing anything. The planter's peanut baby nut is now Peanut Junior. Somehow he turned 21 years old today, and this was oh. this whole campaign was released in January. He's yeah. a baby. Not I guess he's... nuts grow a lot no. faster than people. Now he's Peanut Junior. Huh? And they are getting just obliterated on Twitter. So peanut years are like a week then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I got I got a little funny thing to add to this. So I go in weird phases on YouTube. My current phase is I like listening to all these like social commentators on YouTube. Like they're like I don't, that's the only way I can describe them. I saw a whole. I went in the rabbit hole one day, and this one guy by the name of Quentin Reviews, he did a whole segment on the racist background of Planters Peanuts. And I guess I kid you not. It's like blatantly racist, like not like a little bit, like literally like they're killing natives and they're like working with slaves in a cotton field. Like it's like mind bogglingly like. But they're still around. Well, yeah. And this was like, you know, early 1900s, but it was bizarre. And so the whole point of his video is he was like, I'm glad Mr. Peanut died because he deserved to die. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The horrible thing is about that is Kobe Bryant died in a 
terrible accident like a yeah. week later. Oh, yeah. So that's the yeah, fact right. that they put out that video that I they think probably he was like pulled, out of an airplane, I yeah, think he fell. Yeah, and he died. they probably pulled those. RIP to the Mamba. Yeah, and then they released the whole Baby Nut thing. Like, all right, we need a. Like, our marketing team just well, really. Messed they were up. ripping off of Baby Yoda, too, which was so obnoxious. Yep, that's very true. <laughs> so. Huh, okay. Just to let so you guys know. Peanut Old Junior enough is now to drink thing. now. And he's 21. Yes. Moving on. No, that was a good sound bite. <laughs> kind of on the roll. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, um, this is not really Cleveland related, but the song has to do with our quarterback. So, uh, two teenagers posted a video reaction that went viral of them listening to In the Air Tonight. There's just like these two oh, young kids, yeah. like YouTubers, yeah. and they loved it. And it kind of like tied the, or um, shortened the gap between the older people on Twitter and the younger people and they're like oh, I'm glad we can all agree that Phil Collins has a banger of a song and that we all can agree on something yeah here's my thing about this like, viral like I don't care who you are what background you are how old you are I, I up until I saw this video which I, which dumbfounded me I, I, I assumed everybody has heard that song before once mm-hmm. in their life that's not true though yeah I don't know that's you'd, like, you'd be surprised there's a lot of that's that crazy happen. to me yeah that is crazy to me there's a lot of because that game, that that song is played at sporting events. That mm-hmm. song is played in movies. That song is played. You know, that's like, it's like a pop culture like phenomenon. That song. That's crazy for me to see. two... I mean, I guess yeah, they're teenage kids. So, but still, but yeah, you feel like like do they live under like they live under a rock? They do they not watch sports? Like I, I don't. Or, know. Are you not like around a radio at all at some right. point growing up, right. or they just play classic music? Like, the hits, yeah. I guess, from the 70s, 80s. I guess it might be kids that, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like in public, <laughs> they just play rant. Like you could be in just a store or something. Like yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, you know, if, if you hear it in a store and you don't know what it is, you're probably not going to remember it. It's true. <clears throat> Maybe, but I don't know. I feel, especially now, it's like if you hear that and you don't know what it is, who doesn't take out their phone and put on like Shazam or uh, Soundhound or whatever and try and figure out what the song is? Mm-hmm. Right. Right, but I thought that was the craziest thing. By the way, Shazam when it came out, it's like this is magic. Shazam yeah. is amazing. I love Shazam so I, much. I, 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 use, I Sound use it all the time. I've never heard of it. It's like Sound, the same Soundhound. It's the same thing. It's uh, just I've never used it though. But anyways, there you go. You're caught up. So hey, right. thanks, Jimmy. Anytime. I wonder if we use the whole song. Shout out to the Boom Shakalaka. Yeah, right? we'll have them on soon. Uh, rocking out on the new intro song. Jordan <laughs> loved it. Yeah, no, I wasn't I here last week. Big fan. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Good, good vibes. Good riffs. <clears throat> All right. So Jordan uh, went away for a week and came back with a new segment. So yeah, that's how I do it. Let's talk about it. Uh, Jordan wanted to get into, you know, COVID has taken away so much from us. Even even if you haven't gotten the virus, we just haven't been able to do anything that we would normally do, like in a summer setting. Like so many things. Like you can't just go to you can't go to a baseball game. Uh, you know, you can go to a bar or a restaurant, but it's it's not nearly the same as it was. Um, you know, you can only gather with no more than ten people, like even at your house. Like it's just it's just crazy what this virus has taken away. Not to mention the amount of people that has gotten sick and people that have died from it. Mm-hmm. But Jordan wanted to kind of put a little bit of a fun spin on the whole COVID thing and uh, talk about things that were that are unique to. Each one of us, and this week we're going to uh, highlight Jordan since he, he came up with the idea and he wants to talk about it. Uh, so something that uh, we're still able to do, even though 
we're still affected by this uh, pandemic. So yeah. take it away, Jordan. Yeah, so that was a good intro. I don't really have to add anything to Did that. Did you name it yet? Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. The, the, what I wrote down is fun hobbies that aren't affected by COVID-19, which is super clunky. So F-H-T-A-A-B-C. Sure. Okay. Let's go with it. There we go. So I picked, uh, this is probably not a surprise to anyone who knows me, I picked bird watching. Um, not only is it something that I still actively enjoy, but I realized very quickly, and it's funny if you're in the birding community, we've all been impressed how many people have started bird watching due to COVID. Uh, there, it really has not been negatively affected by COVID-19. The only type of bird watching that's affected is serious international bird trips like those are obviously affected because a lot of countries aren't really traveling or allowing people in their countries um so unless you're willing to pay thousands of dollars and do those type of trips your average bird watching is is still pretty much you know untouched by the virus so um so how um how did you get into it yeah so it's kind of one of those things that hit you at the right time when I was a kid and it, it impacted me and it just stuck. So um, my grandma got me into it and my grandma from Ohio and we used to visit her once or twice a year when we lived in Houston. And I remember one time I was just sad and we were leaving the next day and I was always bummed. And she was like, well, here, let's uh, watch some birds. And I had never noticed this because I was a little child. But she always had a ton of bird feeders set up in her dining room window. And there's just constantly birds coming, all types, you know, that live in neighborhoods. And and she just sat with me and told me all about them and explained which one's which and which birds like this seed. And I don't know why, but I just got, like, entranced by the concept of, you know, <laughs> watching birds and and studying them and identifying more and getting bird seed for different types of birds and started from there um and it lasted throughout all my life it it was really pronounced when i was a young child then i got really into it again as a teenager and the last few years i've little by little been getting back into it so that's kind of how i started and it's just one of those things that i for some reason i like i don't know i mean i'm sure there's a lot of kids who probably had a similar moment with a grandparent and they just never cared about birds after that but um i like birds though because they're everywhere they're in i'm pretty sure every continent yeah they are in every continent they're very entertaining they're so complex and so intelligent way more intelligent than people realize and there's an, a seemingly endless supply of different birds to observe. So you might think, oh, well, you could probably think of like 10 birds you see on an average basis. I guarantee you there's probably 30 that actually come around your neighborhood. You just don't know where they are. or They're too small to notice. Um, so there's so much to do. It's a never ending stream of options. You can go to a park to see more different, more, more birds. You can go to the beach and realize, oh, there's a whole different type of you know, species of birds that live on beaches. Um, dip, fall and spring, all kinds of birds come up from South America, Mexico, and Central America, and that will only be here for a couple weeks when they're flying up. So that's a fun time. So yeah, there's just always something to do with bird watching. So this guy is an encyclopedia when it comes to birds. Like, like Steve, you are with uh, like geography. Yes, that's how he is with birds. Mm. Like, I want to do an experiment while, while we're still talking about this, Jimmy. <laughs> 
on your phone or whatever, look up a picture of a rare bird. Oh, this is, see, now I'm this probably, Without the name. He's probably going to find something I don't And know. show him and see. You don't even have to, like, not even, like, like, you could just say, I will be amazed if you say, oh, well, it's in, like, this family. Yeah. And then take a guess at it or whatever. Yeah. Until I, I, I brought up a bird one. I can't remember which one it was, but I'm like, he's never going to get this. And I showed it to him and got it right away. I think if Jordan doesn't get it right, he should have to sing the Mockingbird song. Ooh. I don't know what that is. Hey. Sounds terrible, though. Mockingbirds uh, are cool <coughs> birds, though. So. Oh, oh thank goodness. It's a shrike. I don't know what kind, but it's a shrike. And he is right. It oh, is a loggerhead shrike. Okay, so post that to like our story <laughs> or something. And do a poll? Uh, yes, do a poll. Say, do you know? Well, no, yeah, do it. a poll. Be like, do you think Jordan knows what this is? Yeah. Because people people are going to see wow, that before I'm they so listen to this I, tomorrow. I, I, I forgot. I know. Yeah. Would you have had any idea what kind of bird that was? No. <laughs> Me neither. No way. But I guarantee if you if you said the, some <laughs> random city in like Peru, Stephen knows yeah. exactly where it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it's so, and the reason why to answer if you you haven't asked, but I know so much about birds species yep. because when I was a child, literally to this day, one of the things I do in my free time is I flip through field guides. Dude, I, I, I came yeah. like one of the last times I came over to your house, you yeah. were sitting on your porch, yeah, uh, flipping through right. a bird book, yeah. And I've done that for since I was around the age of seven, eight. So that's, that's, that's crazy. why I have so many birds so, stuck in my head. Uh, how would you get like, so, like because? I, and I'm not making fun of you. I'm just, no, I'm it's, just being I, it's honest. It's a nerdy like, hobby. I don't care. Like <laughs> when I think like somebody that goes bird watching, like I'm like, oh, that's something that I don't think I ever want to do. Yeah. How would you like? Not necessarily. Don't like. You don't have to give me like a sales pitch, sure, sure. but like, how would you go? And like try and get somebody interested in watching birds. Yeah. So the, the the first thing I would say that could probably resonate with everyone is one of the main things I use bird watching for now is to de-stress or reduce anxiety. Sure. Clear my head. So um, that's one thing I think everyone can identify with. Because I'm not going to be able to pitch birds to everyone and they're like, dude, I get it. Or I've talked to people about birds, and the blank look in their eyes sometimes is like, all right, I forgot not everybody likes these. But <laughs> So I would say the main thing, if, you could, if, you, if you're interested in any way, think about it as a, as a calming, like anxiety-reducing activity. Okay. Uh, and one reason, you know, one reason why you should try it right now, especially is it's, again, it's, it's a hobby you can fully embrace and have almost no negative effect from changes from COVID. Uh, I mean, unless they cancel or unless they shut down parks, which right now they haven't really done that, you know? Yeah. And even if they did that, you could set up a bird feeder and I guarantee you, you'll have 15 species of birds visiting you every day. And it's fascinating. Um, yeah, so that would that would be like why I would say you should try it. Just think of it as like, you know, how people run, some people go through parks just to walk. Well, don't just walk in the park. Like, listen. Yeah. There's birds all the time singing. Or even like just yeah. find somewhere to like sit. Yeah, and I could tell you some great spots. Um, what so that's going to be my next yeah. question. What, what is your like like if you're if you're sitting at home, say it's a random Tuesday night, you're home from work, you got nothing going on, the weather's nice, mm-hmm. and you're hey, you know, I just want to go, you know, watch birds. Yeah. Like, where where are you going? Um, so there's two spots, if I could pick, that always have a ton of birds. 
My favorite is probably Sandy Ridge Reservation in uh, North Ridgeville. It's a lesser known park. It's part of the Lorain County Metro Parks, actually. Um, it is she very, it well. yeah, you probably, yeah, it's probably, it's pretty close to where you live. It's on the northwest side yeah. of North Richville. Yeah, it's um, opposite end, yeah, but. Yeah, north of Center Ridge. And this is a gem for birds because it's a swampy, like, loop, and you have a meadow, you have a swamp, you have a lake kind of a thing, and then you have, like, trees all around it. So you get pretty much every major type of bird that's going to be in this part of the country could possibly be there. Um one of the cool things they have there are sandhill cranes which are literally look like dinosaurs and they're like three and a half feet tall and they're super hilarious because they'll like walk up to you and just follow you it's kind of weird and then they have a ton of other waterfowl tons of warblers tons of other songbirds um and birds of prey as well so that's my favorite my second favorite would be the nature center area at rocky river reservation uh in north homestead that place is just a beautifully designed natural habitat that has really user-friendly walkways and stuff. And there are tons of birds. Uh, one of my favorite things to look for there are wood ducks. They're really pretty ducks. Uh, there's a family that currently is in one of the streams over there that's always there, which is fun to see. There's a lot of bluebirds. Uh, there are tons of warblers. And there are decent amount of waterfowl, so you'll see like great herons and stuff like that uh also there's a bald eagle pair that nests there um, their location is secret i actually don't know where it is myself but i you'll see them fly around from time to time so that's always cool so those two places i'd say are the best two spots where you'll just guaranteed to automatically be surrounded by a place where there's tons of birds and i can tell you that that park that you mentioned in north ridgeville sandy ridge it is surrounded by an area that used to be rural, but is now overcome by new housing developments. Yeah, so yeah. you have a lot of wildlife that does tend to congregate in that yep. area now, and, which, is, which has made it a, a very excellent place for natural wildlife. You said it right there. And for the same reason, migrating birds will know to stop there. Uh, it's, a, it's a great spot for the spring and fall because migrating birds need to rest every so often and they'll see a spot like that and they'll sure to stop in a place like that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, cool. Um, so real quick uh, before, we, uh, before we move on, uh, what are some good, um, like, some good references that people can, yeah. like, what can, like, to help them, like, maybe mm -hmm. like material they can read or, or some of those books that you say that you flip through. Sure. Yeah. So there's really, there's three <clears throat> books I recommend if you're interested. Uh, you don't have to get all three. If you, if I had to pick one, it would be the Sibley field guide, the Sibley guide to birds by David Allen Sibley. He's like a God in the birding community draws all the pictures himself. It's phenomenal. It's, it's got every bird, every detail, every feather. It's fascinating. I would say that if you had to just pick one, if you want to kind of get like a starter pack, get his like three best books. So that one, his other book called what it's like to be a bird. This is like a large, almost like child's book format. And it just introduces you to bird things. Um, and it has pictures and stuff. It's not a field guide. It's more just like how birds work and all the different types of birds and how they interact with each other. And then the third one, 
would be the Sibley Birders Life List. So this is just a checklist with all the species known in North, and North America. Uh, I should say uh, USA and Canada. Um, and this is just for some, if you can, if you, know, if you get into birding, you just want to start marking down your life list, which is all the birds you've seen in your life. So um, a lot of people try to see every bird in North America and you can start anytime you want. And it's a cheap little small guide. You can just keep a, keep in your backpack or your car. And every time you see something new, you can add something in there. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Thanks, Jordan. I have one more uh, trivia thing for Uh-oh. Uh, another one. What is that? Oh, I do not know what that is, but I'm going to guess it's a type of fowl or a type of, um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a type of fowl, but I'm not sure what uh, the name is. It is called a great curacao. Okay. It's yeah. A large pheasant like bird, so I'm not sure if it is a fowl. Yeah, that I'm not say. I'm not actually that's a weird bird. That I, is, I looked uh, up the fifteen most rare birds, <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying to stump you. <laughs> Jordan got hit, Jordan got Jimmy's first one immediately, so yeah. Jimmy's like, damn it, I need yeah. to find one that he's yeah. not no, gonna that's, that's a challenge weird. Yourself. Well, that's... I don't want to pass Steve's gift. I want to quiz him a couple times. So oh, you're good with okay, perfect, anything yeah. geography. Ooh, all right. I put <laughs> I put Steve on the spot. How, how are you? How are you with capitals? Not not even oh. not in the U.S. Oh, let's let's go. Oh, I'll get them all. Really? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Let's start easy. South Africa. Ah, uh, now that's an interesting one because there's actually more than one. But, Ooh, per, but oh. Pretoria is the main one. Yeah, correct. Oh was, wow, I, I totally was, would have yeah, guessed Johannesburg. It's Victoria Blomfontein. Blomfontein. Yep, and Cape Town. So he was right. That was the first one. What about Belize? Belize City. Uh, uh, (laughs) No. Most people assume that that's the capital. It's Belmopan. Is that right? That is correct. Belmopan. Okay, what about... I thought Belize was a city. No, it's a country. Oh, I thought it was in Spain. <laughs> it's in Central America. Oh, wow, I'm way off. Yeah, yeah. here, hold on, let me, wait, 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 wait. here we go, hold on. You, you deserve Hold on. Guess what? He messed up. <laughs> yeah, that is. Okay, we'll, we'll go one more. Kazakhstan. Uh, that is Astana. Correct. Wow. Which actually is a very new city. It used to be Almaty. What was that? It actually used to be Almaty. But uh, Astana nope. was actually a completely like planned city that they made in the last fifty years. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, you, know, you know what? You know what'd be funny is if uh, you just randomly throughout the episode just like interjected whatever we were saying, like Steve, uh, Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, one last thing I want to add because it's kind of important for yeah, anyone yeah. who might be interested. Binoculars. You have to have binoculars. Oh yeah. You, you, is there you, you, is there a certain brand that you use? I would recommend? say I would say two. If if you're not sure at all if you're going to be interested in birds and you just want something, Bushnell and Nikon sell some starter ones that are like around fifty bucks. You can go get those at Cabela's. Uh, if you are very interested and you have spending money and you're like whatever, I, I I'll get binoculars. Vortex is your brand to go. They're uh, around one fifty to two fifty for their styles. Of course, you can go way higher than that, but mm-hmm. I, unless you're a super rich person, I can't imagine anyone would spend more than that if they're not even sure they want to become a birder. Right. So I would say Vortex, if you are more serious, and Nikon or Bushnell have some much more affordable options if you want to just get started and give it a shot. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to another new segment. We didn't do it last week because... 
Jordan wasn't here, and then the episode we would have done didn't make sense to do. So let's take a ride on the time hop. <laughs> and uh, for this episode, uh, we're going back to episode 69. Hey. Is that applause? That's enough of that. Just That's classic. inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, just a highlight for uh, the episode we did at this time last year, uh, just to kind of get a feel for things we were doing that we can't do now. Uh, last year's Beer of the Week was a Hazy IPA, a collab uh, from Platform. They collabed with Land Grant, Butcher and & Brewer, and Streetside Brewery. Uh, so that was the Beer of the Week. Um, we were that. This was the week that... Uh, Anheuser-Busch bought out Platform, mm-hmm. so we talked about that a lot. I got to say, Jordan was right on that. Uh, platform really hasn't changed at all. Hey. In fact, they've actually, uh, to Jordan's credit, what he said was they were going to leave Platform alone and just you know pump more money into them to allow them to expand more. You've seen Funkin'Ship open up. Mm-hmm. Um, with this coronavirus pandemic, you're seeing them come up with uh, the lot at Funkin'Ship. Um, and then there are those... Uh, uh, those like shipping crate patio things. Yeah, they like made like a hangout yeah. area yeah, yeah. basically. So uh, yeah, they're they're doing really well, and uh, kudos to them. They're still funky too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last year the Indians made the big trade for uh, Framil Reyes and Yasiel Puig, uh, and oh, uh, trading still away fantastic trade. Yeah, trading away Trevor Bauer. Um, you know, obviously Puig Puig isn't playing for anybody right now. But uh, I thought I thought Atlanta picked him up. No, so he they, he signed with them, and then he tested positive for COVID, and they canceled the agreement. So he's a free agent. Really? Because yeah. he was positive. Yeah, that's interesting. Sucks for him. All right. But what would be the negative? Like, do they not think he's going to recover? Or, I, I don't mean, know. That's strange. Hmm. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, at this point last year, uh, everybody was freaking out about how good they thought the Browns were going to be. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Shut up, Jordan. Oh, there was another uh, cool thing for me. Uh, Duke Jordan, Johnson. Hey, Jordan, you make fun of the Browns. I'm going to start talking about the Astros. Uh, it's not related, but that's fine. I'm used to it at this point. You can you can make fun of the Astros. Uh, Duke Johnson was traded to the Texans this around this oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah. I like Duke. Yeah. I like the third round pick we got for him. I don't know how you guys get those segues in there. That's unbelievable. Yeah, right. What? Cleveland, the Houston. You're just talking about it, and all of a sudden you mentioned the Duke Johnson trade. Like, well, I tra- oh, we're looking at it right here. Right? So we have the. Hey, no, no, don't, don't tell him. Don't, don't yeah, let the we should know. Just let that, yeah, we don't, the magic. Let go, yeah. Uh, so we had a segment at this point last year called "What's Happening," which uh, we were, we're yeah, we were talking about platform. Um, we reviewed, previewed. The what should be upcoming Cleveland Oktoberfest, one of the most awesome events oh, so uh, in Cleveland, so canceled much. this year. And then my personal favorite, oh. uh, the Feast of the Assumption. That would literally probably be going on this weekend. Is, uh, which, yeah, it will be Saturday. Canceled, and this is my reaction to that. That, that, is, that is by far one of the best festivals oh, so of the good. year. That's fabulous. It's got a little bit of everything for anyone. Like, it's an Italian street festival. Like, yeah. what do you? The food what is like little uh, Italy is hopping most of the time so anyway. But I mean, 
mid like mid to late summer uh, it's a religious festival and it, right. it's just a reason for everybody to get i mean you, you can't even get in there it's, it's, no, it's jam-packed <laughs> so that's what we were talking about last year at this at this time episode 69 um yeah kind of making me depressed because we can't do any of that stuff it was a nice episode i remember yeah all right so moving on here let's uh <laughs> Let's uh, let's get into some sports talk. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about college football tonight, which we, I don't think we've ever talked about on this podcast, but uh, it's there. pretty big. But let's get into it with the Indians right now. And really the only thing to talk about is what happened with the Tribe over the weekend with uh, Zach Plesak and Mike Clevenger uh, breaking protocol and uh, leaving the team hotel, going out, going to uh, a bar in Chicago. And uh, I think the worst part of all of it was uh, Clevenger uh, not coming clean about it and actually flying home on the team plane. Well, then he was, like, talking trash about Police Act or something, wasn't he? Like, he was, like, criticizing him or something? What Did said, I read that no, right? He said, or? Uh, he said something about he's, you know, he's, he's like, he's going to stick up for his guy, but, you know, it's something we know we can't do or whatever. And then it came out that, excuse me. <laughs> Oh, sneeze. Oh. Um, came out that uh, Clevenger was actually out with him. So he's, so Clevenger was out with him. Supposedly, Clevenger never came back to the hotel that night. I oh, wow. I don't know. You know I, hmm. Wandering minds can assume yeah, what, what, what that, that means. could mean. But, uh, but anyway, so he sat through the team meeting while the team was admonishing, admonishing Plesak for what he did. Sat through that. Actually got on the team plane... Not knowing whether or not he had been exposed to COVID, which is ridiculous on its own, but one of his teammates, his pitching teammates, Carlos Carrasco, has just recovered from leukemia and obviously has the most, uh, you know, he's high risk, highest of risks. I mean, the guy just got over cancer. Um, So it's just so boneheaded. It's so selfish. It's so moronic. Um, but I did, uh, since we started recording, uh, Mike Clevenger has released a statement, and uh, I wanted to read that real quick. He said, there's an implicit trust that each of my teammates share as we navigate a season during this pandemic, and I broke that trust. In Chicago, I made a, I made a mistake of violating the protocols, but the biggest mistake of all was not immediately coming clean to my teammates. I owe them better. I now realize that even exposing myself to just one person more than necessary, I'm putting myself my teammates, the guys I compete against, the umpires, the staff, the Indians organization, as well as the game that I love at risk. There is no excuse for my actions, and I can only take responsibility and learn from my mistakes. Moving forward, I promise my actions will reflect a full understanding of the protocol set in place while I continue my passion for competing for the incredible Indians fans and the city that I adore. So, I mean, I guess good on him for releasing that statement. Um I don't know. I'm not a guy who's big into statements or apologies. I just the people who say like, like you know, when people do something wrong, like oh he needs to apologize. Like, what is that really gonna fix? Well, nobody ever accepts the apology. Right. Everyone's oh he doesn't mean it. Like, right. Okay. Sure. Right. But um, but yeah, I just and the, the thing that bothers me the most is Clevenger was one of the more outspoken uh, players in baseball when it came to. The fact that he would say, hey, we want to play, but MLB has to make sure it's safe for us. Like, see, this is this is the part that gets me, and this is the part that uh, 
basically when the players were talking about this and they were negotiating with the owners that excuse my language it to me they were full of shit because these players aren't going to listen to these rules and right, stuff that right. I mean it's proven the Marlins <laughs> went the Marlins went to a freaking strip club yeah. uh, allegedly uh, after an exhibition game in Atlanta and half the team got infected with covid I don't know the reason behind the Cardinals getting all infected, but I'm sure they went to. Uh, I thought they went to a casino or something. Well, there it is. Something. So, there's yeah, that. Something. And now with Clevenger, I mean, we don't know if him or Plesac have tested positive. They haven't said yes or no. Um, so who knows? And they but probably aren't going to test positive. They probably it's won't. Just, it's just the fact that they're violating that. Like right. it's such a simple thing to not do. And see, this is this is this is my whole thing with this. Is like this isn't a normal 162 game season where right. where okay. For six months, yeah, it would be hard to not do anything. But why they're allowed to? do They're being stuff. asked for two months to not go out and do this sort of stuff. Like this isn't you, hard. You know what makes it super cringy is he and I believe Plezak were in a video with like the Indians official something, and they were like, yeah, I promoting. saw that. That was at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. promoting like staying in or whatever. So it's just, man. And I'm focusing on Clevenger here because he, he you know, police act right away, you know, uh, cop to it and, you know, it's he's serving his whatever discipline, whatever. Clevenger tried to get away with it. And this, this isn't, this is like, if this only affected him and he wanted to try and get away with it, fine. But I go back to the guys like Carlos Carrasco and guys that are high risk. If it comes back that Clevenger tests positive, and then, you know, a couple other guys test positive within the team. And God forbid if Carrasco tested positive, like, who knows where that could lead? As with all things, the cover-up is worse than the crime. That's exactly why Clevenger is getting yeah. hammered. And he should be getting hammered completely right now for, for being so selfish. Right. I mean, that's just, yeah, he, he had no regard for his, the health of his teammates by doing that. Yep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this is just, it, it's an unfortunate situation that, uh, these guys um, essentially couldn't stop themselves for wanting to go out to a bar and have a beer. Like, is that is it really that hard for you to not do that? Like, order beer, have it delivered. Like, like yeah, order beer and have it delivered. You can literally, like, you're, they're, they're all rich, right? They're all, like, yeah. wealthy dudes. They can order whatever they want. Yeah, like, to do, their room. What do you want to do? Get super drunk? Do you want to get a little drunk? Do you want to party? Do you want to buy a sound system for your room so you can dance? Like you can do anything. Like you have right. a million, you have millions of dollars at your disposal. Like yeah, it's just man, it's, it's inexcusable. It's so bad, so bad. But um, yeah, so Clevenger was supposed to pitch tonight. He's not. Adam Plutko is pitching right now, and uh, the Indians are actually playing the uh, Cubs as we speak, and uh, they are losing six nothing to the Cubs. So oh. well, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, Clevenger doesn't get to make his start, and uh, the Indians get shelled. So, doesn't help that they're back to not scoring any runs. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that last week, and then I got the uh, I got the text message from uh, from Hannah after the Indians scored 13 runs on the on the Reds, and she's like, "See, I was right, I was right." I'm like, "They did that for one game, like, like." They got shut out the next day. Is, is Hannah going with the, hey, everything's all good. We're in second wild card take. No, no, no. She's <laughs> just – and I, I commend her. She says she's not worried. Like she, she thinks that eventually the Indians will hit. I'm, if this was a 162-game season, I'd be right there with her. But that's, that's why the season's so 
weird. Yeah. Uh, right now, the Indians are 10 and 7. If you were to extrapolate that over a whole 162 game season, they would go 95 and 67, which right. would be a great year, which is basically what they did a year ago. And just yeah. below that. You know, if they hadn't had that, la- that collapse in the last week, they would have been over that. So, yeah. Yeah. But it is a shorter year, and it's one where you're going to have to be sharper all the time if you want to get where you want to go. So, yeah, the offense stinks. There's no way around that. But uh, The odd thing is if you look around the American League, only the A's are, like, doing amazingly well. They've won 10 in a row. Five or something. Wait, what's up with no the Tigers? Else? Aren't the Tigers leading the division? They're, uh, they're, ha- they're tied or a half game, they're half game behind Minnesota. Okay. Not to change the subject. The... The Blue Jackets and the and the Lightning are in five overtimes oh right God. now. Wow. I'm dead serious. That's insane. They're a full hour Those delay. players have got to be dead. well over an hour delayed now. What's the, what's the runner on second base and the 10th inning equivalent in the hockey game? No, they no. what they do well, now is they do three they on do three. They do three on three. Well, I know. So in normal games, I know eventually they go down to four and four. They, four on four. They do that in college, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, maybe they're not. I don't think they do anything three. like that in postseason. I think it's just straight five on five. Oh, that's yeah. no. I think you're right because it's it's postseason. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Wow. So, um, yeah. Um, let's just let, let's switch into that. Uh, CBJ. Um, moving on, beating Toronto three two in the preliminary round, uh, best of five, and they are playing the Lightning here in the uh, quarterfinals. Um. So yeah, game one right now, and in a fifth over. What's the? Re- I wonder what the NHL record is for longest game. There have been a couple of five overtime games that I can remember. Yeah. Um, Were they in the playoffs? One was between the Flyers and the Penguins, maybe like twenty years ago. Uh, yeah. But uh, Flyers won that game in Pittsburgh, by the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Um, but, uh, you know, the Lightning have got to be just totally sick. Like, if they, if they somehow win, lose this game, they're going to be wondering, what in the world do we have to do to beat Columbus in a playoff game? Because yeah. they got beat by the four straight last year. Yeah. And if you lose this game, it's almost like, I mean, it only counts as one, but it almost it's going to feel it like it feels like two. two or three. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, real quick, NBA uh, playoffs are coming up. There's a, a log jam in the West for the eighth playoff seed. Uh, how many teams are like Memphis is in there? Portland, Phoenix, San Antonio are those the four that are battling for the A seed? Um, you talking about NBA? You're yeah. on the right track. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> the, the Suns have played seven games in the bubble. <laughs> they have not lost. Done about everything they could do. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. And then you got idiots like Draymond popping off on inside the NBA saying, "Oh." Devin Booker's got to get himself out of. Uh... Yeah, didn't he get like fined? Well, yeah, because Chuck, I think it was <laughs> Chuck flat out asked him, "Are you tampering?" And he goes, "Maybe." <laughs> so he got fined fifty grand, which to him is nothing. So Good basically, old. you got four teams that are battling like crazy for the right to get steamrolled by the Lakers in round one. That's what it boils down to. Uh, I disagree. Oh, Wait, say that again? you do. Oh, I said that Steve's assuming that Steve's assuming that the eight seed this year is just going to get steamrolled by the Lakers. Phoenix and San Antonio are all just jockeying uh, to end up in the one eight matchup. I mean, have you, I, have, I, have you watched the Lakers lately? Doesn't matter. I well, no, they already clinched. Steve, this, this isn't no, Steve. This no. is not. This is not. Again, this clinched, is not the NBA. No, but they clinched. They clinched first like three games ago. Like I don't. They don't care right now. They're intentionally resting that, players. No, they're going to flip the switch. They're not. They're not going hard. This isn't. This is Steve. This isn't. This isn't the NBA old. This is. I. I agree. All, with, no. I agree with Steve. I'm pretty sure that. I'm pretty sure that. Dude, that all bets. I'm telling you right now. Is still all bets are off be. this year. There is going to be upsets this year. I would agree with that statement, but I think the eighth seed is not going to do. I don't think they're going to do anything. 
I mean, general in a normal year, I would totally agree with you. But I, there's I, there's something about the bubble. There's man. a difference between playoff LeBron and and like regular season LeBron. And, yeah, but again, he'll, that's he'll come back. That's and, that's that's in a reg like we don't I, know. I don't, we I, don't know what the playoffs are going to because the playoffs the playoffs are are naturally more intense because. Yeah. The crowds are more intense. Like yeah. the pressure is more intense. They're not playing with any crowds. I don't think that it's going the to be Lakers different. Are the guaranteed? You know, I don't think they're guaranteed to go to the finals by any means. I think the Clippers are arguably better than the Lakers, but but I I, I cannot imagine any struggle that I'm not a, saying it's going to happen. Healthy LeBron led Laker team will have with the, in the first round at least. Well, to play devil's advocate on myself, the last time we had a situation where we had a little bit of a weird season was the, the lockout in 99. And yeah. that year the New York Knicks were the 8th seed. They not only beat the first seed in the, in the first round, they ended well, up going all the way to the finals. The Warriors so, did that as well against the Mavs in 07. And that was I that think was the, the second we believe, most recent we believe Warriors case. The the last eight seed to win was Philly over Chicago, but that was the year that Derrick Rose tore up his knee in Game One. Yeah, and that pretty much uh, ruined yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just I, I I'm throwing any anything we know about the playoffs. I'm throwing out the window for this year because we just don't know, just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, generally, I agree with that statement. Yes, I just don't. I don't. Buy Am that I saying that the Lakers are going to lose in the first round? I no. don't buy that the eighth seed is going to be much of a threat. There is a lot of competition in the West. I'll say that. That's no doubt. Um, so anyway, uh, that's, that's about it. I think yeah. what was the only other? I'm trying to think if there's any other news. I mean, they're just getting real close. They're successfully running the bubble. That's still going on. Yep. So that's cool. Both NHL and NBA. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how many teams are intentionally tanking their seeding right now in the West. Like you for matchups, have, yeah. You have Oklahoma doing it. You have Houston doing it. You have several teams doing it because they don't want to play the Clippers or yep. something. I was something they yep. don't want to play right away. It's so silly, but it's yeah. understandable. <laughs> yeah. They're all very close. Rockets are a game ahead of the Thunder, who yeah. are a half game ahead of the Jazz, who yeah. are another game ahead of the Mavericks. So it's yeah, yeah, it's it's tight for sure. But we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, let's yeah, moving on. We, we have, have a huge topic to discuss. We don't talk college football a lot on the show. In fact, I don't know that we've ever really talked about it. Uh, but we'll do some Ohio State stuff. <clears throat> the uh, your show after the uh, CFP game against Clemson that was a fun one. Um, I don't the, remember that. Columbus, the Columbus, the college football season. That game was a farce. The college football oh. season um, is. Teetering on uh, utter oblivion right now. Uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have both announced the postponement of fall sports in general. Pac-12 has flat out said uh, any sport until the 1st of January is uh, postponed. So that means that no Pac-12 basketball program will be playing until January 1st. Um the Big Ten did not say that. They said fall sports is canceled and that they're going to try and play postponed. I mean, not canceled. They're going to try and play football in the spring. I think that's a farce. I don't think you're going to see any college football yeah, playing in the spring. That's, work? It's <laughs> not going to work. It's not. I mean, unless if you're in the situation where you have a vaccine by January 1st. I mean, I can't imagine. Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. These, so any, any NFL caliber college football player is not going to play in the spring. Why would they, why would they jeopardize that close to the draft there? you know, injury or whatever. Like, why would they do that? They're not going to. And I don't think, I don't think that the NFL 
is going to push back the draft. Well, that would make for an interesting situation because that means that your sophomores and freshmen would be would have more prominent roles on the, their respective teams right away. Um, if if all the seniors and you know draft eligible juniors were sitting out, I mean, I don't think that the but that's the thing overall like, level of play in college football would be would be really hurt by that. But oh, I disagree right. with that. I just you take every you take essentially every NFL caliber player out of college football. And you don't think that the level of play is going to change? Uh, it might yeah, impact I, some of the teams I, at the top uh, of the Power Five. No, but I, other I, than that, I, I don't I, think it's going to matter a hill of beans. Certainly not in I think like I, I agree with I agree with. Dan, well, I don't though, think the like, Mid-American Conference like is playing this spring. You have any like seniors like Lawrence and guys like that who – he's a senior, right? Trevor Lawrence. He's, he's – this is he his could last – He could potentially declare. This is his last yeah, college. He could potentially year. declare. He's a junior. Yeah. You you got you got superstars like that. They're not going to be risking it all before they no. can make millions. Justin of Fields dollars. has played his last snap at Ohio State. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence has played his last slap, snap at Clemson. Um, I'm sure there's a fury of offensive and defensive linemen who have played their last snaps at college football. Mm-hmm. You know, every every position, but you know, all of the big names who are going to be first and second round draft picks. Are not going to play, which is not going to happen. They're gonna, they're gonna say it's like, it's like what you see in college in uh, 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 jeez. Uh, I'm gonna play I'm devil's gonna advocate to. again here for a second, okay? Because you got Dan's right about the injury thing, but here's the other thing you gotta think about: if these guys have literally played their last snap, and assuming that the NFL draft in 2021 and the season happens as is, you're gonna have these guys sitting out for. Darn close to two years before they play another competitive game. That's not going to be easy on these guys, even if they stay in really good shape and they're they're training and all that. You know, still that is, game that is one that thing that is, that is one thing that I could see. But I just I but I just don't think any of these players and especially uh, their families and their their the people advising them are going to say that that's worth. Uh, they, they they don't. What if you're not a guaranteed first rounder? Well, if you're a guy that's like projected for third, fourth, fifth round, you know, if you have a big season in the spring, you could vault up in the first or second round, couldn't you? Well, that, yeah, you that's... could also you could also injure yourself and go undrafted. That's true. So that's why this is so hard. That's why I, I just I, I don't think. First of all, they're kid, <clears throat> they're absolutely kidding themselves if they think they're going to play football in the spring. First of all, we don't know if they're going to have a better handle on this virus by the time spring rolls around. Yeah. It is kind of a moot discussion because we, we just can't predict. But I, but I want to focus on I want to focus on it being canceled today because I think that it is number one, it's utterly ridiculous the fact that here's my thing about this whole thing. So most programs came out with their schedules like last week or the week before. What has drastically changed since then to where they're like, oh well now we have to cancel the season. What's happened? Nothing. Exactly. So what number one, what are they not telling us? That's number one. And number two like, I don't know if there is a number two, but like, what? They know cha- something, man. What? What changed? I don't understand. Personally, I think that they are they are uh, freaked out by the fact that uh, players are starting to get uh, this power within college athletics, and I think college uh, presence they feel like they need to stop, take a break, and formulate a plan to. <clears throat> Uh, kind of break up because because the way it looks and the way it sounds and the way that these players, um, the way that these players uh, 
came out on social media, it it looks and sounds like that uh, collegiate athletes, especially in football, are about to unionize. They're about to form a uh, a players association, and I can tell you right now that scares the living bejesus out of uh, anybody who's making money in college football. Yeah, absolutely, because yeah. they have they have an absolute cash cow in their hands uh, when it comes to uh, collegiate athletics. It's a billion dollar operation, and they don't pay the players anything other than uh, full ride scholarships. Which don't get me wrong, which is a great perk. But, you know, come on. Come on. It's a billion-dollar operation. So it's essentially like companies being able to hire all their workers in at five bucks an hour or something like yeah. that. You know, it, I, just, I just don't get it. Like, first of all, a lot of these coaches and even Trevor Lawrence came out and said, like, hey, I'm much more safe within the constructs of a Division One football program with these adjusted protocols to combat this virus than I am uh, at home. I think he's absolutely right Because maybe not Trevor Lawrence, and, you know, this, this, is, this is a race thing, but a lot of these players who are on scholarships are young African-Americans who come from impoverished areas. And this virus is attacking those areas disproportionately because they don't have the access to the medical care. Um, you know, a lot of these families have a lot of people stuffed into small quarters and they can't, they literally can't socially distance. So a lot of these people are getting the virus. And the other side of this is that not every other city is blessed like Cleveland to have Metro Health, Cleveland Clinic, and University Hospitals. Sure. We have world-class health systems here in, in Northeast Ohio, and you go around the country, you just don't see that everywhere. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing is, so Ohio State is trying to combat this even though there's no season. They said they're going to honor, honor scholarships. Uh, players can stay on campus, which you I mean, would think. I mean, that should be a no-brainer. Right, but a lot of colleges are doing uh, uh, virtual learning. To start the year, so yeah. there might not be a lot of people on campuses. But, but I mean, that would be really terrible if, if some of these colleges were to say, "Eh, well, we're not playing, so we can't afford." But here, but here's what I'm saying: like Ohio State is trying to keep it as structured as possible for their athletes, which is a great thing. And I think a lot of these uh, universities and athletic programs should do this. So Ohio State is keeping their athletic facilities open. Uh, they're going to keep workouts for these players. Uh, they're going to have access to. Uh, training staff and all this stuff, so they're going to be doing that, and that that combats that uh, uh, fear that I had with peop- with these kids having to go back to their uh, homes. But so if they're willing to do that, what they're basically saying is the the number one reason why they're canceling is because they think playing the game is the most dangerous thing. Is actually playing the game. Well, yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. Like, that's the most I, dangerous part. Because if you're going to continue to do everything else, that's the only... It's tough because you're going to have a lot of these guys. I mean, not every university has, you know, determined that they're going to be doing virtual classes. You know, right. Some, you know, so there's going to be differences there. There's differences, and every university is going to have different restrictions. You know, it's it's... 
these guys are students just as much as they're athletes. So they're going to be inevitably exposed to a little bit more than like a professional player would. Sure. So I understand that it's a daunting task to figure it out. My only issue is, you know, you had all these months to figure this out. That's the other thing. And, they... and like, that's what bothers me. Like, I get it. Like, in, I keep saying the word like. All of us, including myself, even just a few months ago, maybe a month ago, we're still thinking, hey, you know, it's probably going to be all cool by the end of the summer. Everything will be back to normal. And the way things are looking now, I don't know when that time's going to be. Right. You know, it's pretty clear whether you agree with it or not, or whether you even care to think about it or have an opinion on it or not. It's pretty clear nothing's changing until that vaccine has been around for several months. So I understand that it's a daunting task, but again, you've had all these months to come up with a game plan. Yeah. The players want to play. Yeah. We're going to leave aside the pay to the, the, should they be paid? That's a whole different discussion, but regardless, these players want to play. The coaches want to coach like, and, and, and you even like, I saw a tweet. I don't know how much you want to put into one tweet. But I saw a tweet from the mother of a Longhorns player who said, um, hey, it's actually safer for my, for my boy to be playing at University of Texas. Because UT has done a pretty good job, apparently. Imagine, like, imagine how hard that is for a mother right. to admit that, yeah. that, that her and, son is more safe even, somewhere else than and he is the thing. with her. I have no idea where she lives. So I have no assumption sure. to make what neighborhood or where, where her kid is. But oh but whatever it was, she was in the belief that the you know UT has made pretty good progress in keeping sure. the school safe already, and you know they, they seem to be doing a good job. And she was like, "Hey, I actually feel more confident with him in the quote unquote." Yeah. She didn't say bubble, but what she was alluding to is the semi bubble that is UT. Yeah. And whatever travel they Just have the to do, resources I'm sure it's going to yeah. be, hey, you go to the locker room, it's sanitized, you leave the locker room, and that's it, right? So, And she was saying, hey, I feel safer with him at school than I do back over here. So, you know, there's even some stuff you got to think about like that. And I, I know a guy who, Damien, my, my, uh, oh, my buddy Damien from college when I went to Oakland University, he's a journalist, he covers college football. Um He's, you know, he's looking at, he doesn't, well, I don't know if he covers college football now, but he did. He used to cover Auburn. And he's like, I know guys who, and, and girls who are going to be, you know, effed basically because that's their beat. And if they yeah. have nothing to cover, guess what happens in journalism when your beat isn't the hottest bit? You're going to yeah. get cut. Like, it's it's sad. So, it, it's affecting more than just oh, you guys just want entertainment. Like it's deeper than that. There's so many jobs that are affected by this. But I also understand. I understand the devil's advocate side, right? But I also understand. You know, man, it's it sucks. Like this is it's it's so frustrating to have to have this situation at hand. I wanted know? to bounce something off you as well because you brought you just brought it up and you have a journalism background. Um, this whole notion of like uh, how some journalists are covering this virus as it re relates to sports and people's reaction to that 
here here's my thinking on it. And let, let I'll you tell me if I'm off base because I'm gonna cede to your knowledge on this. So I <laughs> I think it's foolish to think that uh, writers are rooting for sports leagues to close up shop because that's their livelihood is covering these sports. What I will say is there are some, not a lot, not all. There are some who seem a little too quick to want to tweet when something bad in the sports world happens as, as results to this virus as opposed to wanting to talk about maybe the fact that the NBA and the NHL have had no positive uh, tests and that their their plans that they hatched are working very well. I'll say this. There's a lot of... There, I don't think you're going to find many, if any, journalists who don't want sports to be played right, right. now. Cause exactly. That, even journalists that don't cover you know, the specific sports beats there's still things that affect them in their own newsroom where, you know, it's not a positive if sports sure. are canceled. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so you're not going to find many that actually want that, if any. However, there's a there's a nihilism within journalism where bad news is good news, right? And that's just the nature of, like, yeah. if people die, if things go south, that's actually a really big positive for journalism. This is sad, and te- but technically, bad news sells better than good news. Exactly. And, that's and, why. And, that's why you very rarely on like, like local news shows at eleven, like Channel Five right. at eleven o'clock, probably eighty percent of the stories <laughs> that they talk depressing. about are negative. Yeah. Now, there's a side note to this though that, you know, in this case, even though there would be some woe, like huge. I mean, look at Twitter; it's been trending all day. The college yeah. football stuff. Even though there's that, all journalists, especially sports journalists, understand that this is a very temporary bump. Like, not playing sports is much more devastating than announcing the bad news that sports won't be played. Sure. So, you know, there's that too. And I think people misunderstand sometimes some reporters are, they have to report the news. If the Big Ten announces they're not playing, what are they going to be like, not release that story? Like, they have to release that story and they yeah. have to word it so it sounds enticing yeah, right you know and and, and but i think some I, people misunderstand i think there's a that. i think there's a difference between writing stories and tweeting 100 percent. because because 100%. i've seen a lot of uh journalists uh that will quote tweet a story that comes right. out and say it's because none of you wore your masks or something and that's right. what i'm talking about oh, it's like absolutely or they'll or they'll lead with a tiny thing a very shocking but small detail from the story and you read the whole article and you're like oh okay well that's a very minor part of this article but you make it sound like it's the biggest thing because that's obviously the hottest thing and you know what i you know what i think is the funniest thing about this is how personally people how personally that uh sports journalists are taking the fact that people are calling them out for this Journalists, which I, journalists I, have an ego that's bigger than I. I like I said, world, I understand. So, I understand yeah. it because I'm fully in the camp that I don't believe that uh, journalists are rooting right. to lose their right. jobs. Like because I'll say know. this: journalists don't do themselves any favor on Twitter. Yeah, you know, I don't know about other stuff, but on Twitter, they don't do themselves any favor. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I just I, I wanted to pick your brain on that. Yeah, I, 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 you have more knowledge on that subject. Yeah, than I, do, I, I don't know how much else there really is to say about this. It's unfortunate and and hugely disappointing. 
But, yeah, um, uh, it's... We do have I a just, poll about it real quick that I yeah, can yeah. drop. Uh, and so we just asked people, should, not will, not, you know, could. We asked, should college football be played this fall? And we had 58% said yes, 41% said no. Um, not too surprised by that. I, I figured it'd be around almost a halfway mark between both options because... I'm sure you have people that see both sides where some want it to be played and others are like, how is it going to be played? You know? Yeah. So I, I, I'm not too surprised by those numbers. Uh, let's go around the room. Steve, do you think college football should be played this year? I say no. And the reason why is these players are going to be, they're going to be in practices. They're going to be you know, in their programs and everything. And they can be involved most of the time, but you really have to put it in a situation where the colleges would have to be doing distance learning for it to work. If they're going back to dormitories, I mean, earlier in the show, we were talking about, you know, baseball players, you know, pro athletes, whether they were able to avoid, you know, breaking the rules and going outside where they shouldn't. I mean, here we're talking about 19 and 20 and 21 year old kids in dormitories, which are, you know, literal, basically literal Petri dishes, just like schools or hospitals or whatever. I mean, I've never had to get a meningitis shot before I start going into a dorm for the first time. So, no, I don't think it's a good idea. So, um, I, to, to bounce off that, I think I think there are ways to maybe sort of mitigate that a little bit. Uh, it's not going to be perfect, obviously, but I think there would be a way for a university to, you know, right now, um, the, the, the student-athletes who live on campus technically live within the general population of the university. Like... You're a freshman and sophomore, uh, football player, basketball player, whatever. You're living in the freshman and sophomore dorms, like with with the rest of the students. I think there would be a way where you could put the entire football team in one dorm for the season. It would certainly help. Um, but I but I agree with that. Also, I will say, um, I think we need to look. I think we need to look at this virus as um, segmented parts, like. These people that say, oh, these kids can't play college football because 150,000 people have died. Well, let's look at that. At least two-thirds of the amount of people who have died from this virus are senior citizens, most of them living in assisted living facilities. Like, that's not – kids aren't getting this virus and are dying. Let's just let's just put that out there. Beyond. Are, there are there certain cases? Yes. It's very rare. Yes. It's rare for really anyone on the age of like it's very 40 rare. or 50. So I think this, this whole narrative of the fact that 5 million people in the country have it and 150,000 people have died, like that doesn't mean that a bunch of uh, uh, college athletes are going to die if they get the virus. It's actually the contrary. Like very like, you know, you, you can't prove that any kid will die if they get this. I just and again I go back to the I go back to the point where I just think these players are safer in the environment of their uh, football programs than they are back home. Like if that's truly what it comes down to, if it's truly about safety of the players, don't you think they're more safe in a controlled environment that would be a more controlled environment that 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 is uh, college football with the protocols that they're going to set in place rather than sending them home? And letting them do God knows what at home. I'll say this. Yeah. So I'll answer my. I. You know. I. I. Here. Okay. I agree with a lot of stuff you're saying. I don't understand since it's pretty obvious most young people are not negatively affected, even if they get it. 
I don't understand some of the hysteria and some of the restrictions. That being said, that's all I'll say about that because I don't really have anything else to say. I'm not a medical person at right. all. That being said, this is a world we live in. Like whether we want to accept it or believe it or whatever it yeah. or not, we're we have to wear masks. We have to this. We have to that. All these events are canceled. No fans are allowed. Blah blah blah. Right. With all these restrictions, I don't know how you play a college football season. I really don't know. I I want it to be played because it's very much something I enjoy watching. Um, I don't know how they do it. I can't blame the NCAA or even just the individual colleges that are voting, whatever, like the Big Ten, for instance. I can't blame any program that voted against. What are, how are they going to do it? Unless you have a uniform, there are so many colleges. There are so many colleges. Unless you had some uniform situation that, like you said, it's a, or you or somebody said, it's like a dorm where all the players have to be. But how are you going to promise that? How are you going to, people of that age, especially young men of that age, are some of the dumbest people on the planet. Like they just everything's funny. I don't give a you know a what. Well, that's why that's why like, I think. And, and so like I I and I hate to use that as part of my evidence, but I don't know how you control men from the age of eighteen to whatever twenty two or whatever they are. Like I, I that's a daunting task. And I believe a lot of them will be sharp and they're going to be sharp for their teams and they get that right. Like right. But at the same time. What do you do? Like you're tr- you're gonna be traveling. You're gonna be maybe going to class. You know, at some point they're going to a party. You know, at some point they're gonna want to meet up with some girls or something. Well, like you, like, these are just things people do in college. Like I don't know how you regulate that for how many months is it? The college football season, like three four, months. Three, yeah, three months. I, I guess it's it's doable, but these guys aren't getting paid for it. Like a lot of these guys aren't going pro. Like, you, can you demand that an entire football team, which is a ton of players, sharpen up for that whole time in this weird-ass time we live in? I don't know. We're like, I just don't know if there's going to be motivation, especially for some of the smaller colleges. Like, if you've got seniors and guys from well, Ohio small, State, Alabama. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any small, I don't think any, uh, small conference uh, is going to play. Well, obviously, there's a good chance that no conferences play yeah. now, but... So um, to, to to finish my what I'm trying to say is I, I want it to happen but I don't think it's gonna happen. The tra- the travel piece is a non real factor for me because um, I so I didn't play college football I worked for a college football program at BG a D one college football program and uh, when you travel you travel for one day and football is so so structured and so um, itemized even in a normal setting that there really is no time for anybody to go out and do anything. You're pretty much locked into your hotel room anyway. So the travel piece isn't something that really would worry me about the virus because you get to an away, away game the day before and that entire night you have meetings with your team and your coaches and your position groups. The next morning you're up for breakfast with your team, and then if it's a if it's a one if it's a noon game or a one o'clock game, you're immediately going to the stadium. As soon as the game's over, you're showering, you're getting on a bus, and you're getting on a plane and flying back or driving back on a bus to wherever you know home is from where you're going. 
So the travel piece, the travel piece, I'm way was way more worried about Major League Baseball than I am in the NFL or college football because the travel piece, you're not staying in a city for longer than 24 hours, and you're either at the at the stadium or you're at the hotel. There's no downtime, so th- there's no time for uh, players like Plesac and Clevenger to go out and uh, party at a bar the night before a game. There's no time. Yeah, I understand. I, I just it's it's a daunting task. Like it's ugh. Oh, it is daunting. I, I'll tell you Every, right everything, now, everything's daunting. I'll tell you right now. Up until maybe a few weeks ago, I was positive the NFL would be fine. I don't. I don't know that anymore. Oh, the NFL is going to play. I'm, I I just don't know that anymore. I, much, I don't, I, much more likely that the NFL will play. I'm, I'm, I, I I'm, agree. I agree. I agree with that. I'm just saying. Like I'm I, not. I used to be so positive about all this stuff. I mean. The fact that baseball is working to a certain degree proves that yeah, NFL don't, don't can let, work. Yeah, don't let, don't like, don't let the college football yeah. canceling it have any. Yeah, it doesn't but have any. I, you know, I, I don't know. It's we need to move on to to uh, we need to move on. But I, yeah. I let's put it this way: I really want it to play, and I'm super disappointed that it looks like it's not going to happen. I'm like, you know? I'm legitimately angry that college football is not playing because I, I just, I, I don't see uh, any legit reason for them not to play. What about you, Jimmy? And yes, I, I'm answering yes. I think they should play, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think the evidence says they should play, but the whole hysteria that social media drives with this whole virus, it, it seems. Oh, it's impossible. all PR driven. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I all it takes is like a few players on a team to test positive, then it spreads, and then they play. You know how many other teams or they come in contact with how many other people. It just seems so hard, like what Jordan keeps saying. It seems like such a daunting task to keep track of all these kids and just the logistics behind it and the whole quarantine behind it and just the living arrangements and the food arrangements and the sanitation again, issues. It's just again, here's the thing. Like like, there was enough time for college football to come up with a plan in place to, to pull that off. There's it. no leadership within college football. Look at the NCAA. The NCAA said, we're not making this call. This is up to the conferences. But that's ridiculous. If I were if I were these conferences, I would pull out of the NCAA and form my own, you know, governing body to, you know, play collegiate athletics. No, it's kind that's of that's ridiculous. Talk about that would, that would, of responsibility. That would be like Roger Goodell saying, "Hey, uh, it's going to be up to uh, teams to come up with their own protocols and whether they want to play or not." Yep, <laughs> pretty much ridiculous. I mean. But this is the nature of the sport, like, like. Well, no, that's. I mean, that's the whole NCAA. That's 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 every sport. So the NCAA many, is so horrible. College. This is why I. This is why I say that you need to make like a super conference that only the elite colleges even play. Like, who cares about like, you know, Mississippi Tech or what? Like, nobody cares about. Well, that I, stuff, I, I like, don't think we're. I don't think we're. I don't think we're talking about that. No, like, I'm just I, saying. But like to answer what was be, like the you know the. You you were saying like why is there not more leadership from the top? Does anybody care what like a smaller college has to say about this? Like I don't know. I, it makes sense to me that they'll give it. Well, to no, the there were, it did seem pretty significant when the Mid American Conference came out and said they weren't playing. Uh, I mean, they were one of the first shoes to jump. And well, just the, a couple days later, the Big Ten jumped in right after that. Well, the 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 reason why Mid American Conference is not playing now is because they're they're not going to be making money off of the big schools because the big schools said they were only playing conference only schedules. So the MAC was looking at a huge loss of revenue, that's, even even if they played. So the that's ju- all part of the, the way the system is set up. But right, but but for but for smaller conferences, the juice is not worth the squeeze. Oh, absolutely the, not. The risk is not worth losing all that money. 
The big conferences stand to make money, and they're still canceling. Well, what I, about like the small little teams that the big teams play? Like, are they just not going to play those teams? That's or? what. Yeah, like the, these these, these Power team. Five conferences said said mm. when they came out with this. So when they came out with the schedules last week, which from last week to this week, they go from setting the schedule to canceling football. I don't know mm. why. I don't know how, but mm-hmm. whatever. So all of these, they're called Power Five. They're you know the Big Ten, the Pac twelve. Big 12, SEC, and um, ACC. Those conferences basically said, we're not playing our out-of-conference games this year. So for Ohio State, they're not going to play the BGs. They're not going to play the Akrons, the Kents, the whatever. Yeah, that kind of stuff. We're only going to play our conference schedule because we want to minimize risk and we want to minimize potential travel. So, okay. But most every year, these conferences play eight conference games. Well, they upped it to 10. So it's like, okay, so you want to minimize risk, but then you're going to add games. So there I don't understand. And then they're just like, no, we're not going to play. I just yeah, I just, it's it's baffling to me. And they they're I I don't know. I just think the liability behind it all is what scares them the most. Like all it takes right. is just and again, one person and again, everything this else. could have been mitigated if they came up with a plan. They they've had they've had Six months to think of plans and protocols and things to come up with. They said, uh, somebody said today, some source within one of the conferences said that uh, they don't, they didn't even know how they were going to do some of the things that they were going to do. So it's like, how, how do you not know that? The NFL. The, even the NFL waited a while, but they have all their plans in place. Like as yeah. of a month ago, yeah. mm-hmm. they have a deal signed with the the NFL Players Association on protocols and safety concerns and uh, safety uh, measures and all that stuff that they're going to do, and that's all agreed upon. And NCAA is sitting there with the thumb up, with their thumb up their butt, like thinking that just hey, whatever, you know. It was a complete dereliction. There's leadership no leadership in college. The There's no leadership Completely. in college football. There's none, and that's that's above all else. That's the reason why. So I guess I'm answering my own question: is I don't understand why do college you think football it's just, is being canceled. There's you, a lack of leadership within the hierarchy of college football. Do you, Completely. Do you think it's just because with NFL and NBA, there's such a small number of teams compared to? All of NCAA, they're like logistically, this is a nightmare, and it's almost impossible. It's not like what you said; the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you were to look at entire Division One, Division One uh, football, yeah, there's 120 some teams, but we're talking about only the Power Five schools playing. Yeah, that's still more than the NBA. That's still more than the NFL. But it's it goes from 120 to about 60 teams. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's still double the size, but. It's almost like with these conferences, it's like five little mini leagues because they're only going to play teams in their within their conferences. So they're only going to play teams generally that are ge- geograph you know, they're close you, to each other. And you really only have like one or two a state for yeah. the most part, right? Yeah, you know, it's not like you have big clusters. Yeah, so it's not you know it's not like we're gonna you're gonna have teams go see like this this was the thing in, in baseball and baseball did a similar thing where. The way they set up their schedule, it was geograph- geographical uh, as far as the divisions go. So, like, the Indians are only playing teams in their division and the corresponding division in the other league. So, the Indians are probably not traveling more than a four-hour 
I mean, their farthest St. Louis would be, probably would be to Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City, and then City. St. Louis or Minneapolis. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, man, I don't know. I really don't know, but it's definitely failed leadership at the top. Though. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for sure. But uh, all right, moving on. Yeah. Moving on to what? Moving on. I, I believe think there's uh, something happening this weekend. There is a, what? a Jimmy topic. Oh, yeah. Stipe. We've been waiting weeks for this. Oh, one. my gosh. I can't believe I almost. Wow. All right. Yeah. W- which UFC is this? UFC 252. 252. Stipe Miocic, Daniel Cormier 3. Rubber match. Columbia Road. Yep. This rarely happens that two fighters fight three times. Yeah. Especially for the championship. Yeah, um, three title fights. Three title fights. And uh, it's at the UFC Apex Center in Las Vegas. So this is Cleveland-related. Um, sometimes when we talk UFC, it's not because there's not too many Cleveland UFC fighters. We try to. The only When we talk about UFC, it's it's regarding it. And usually, like what you just said, it's basically always Stipe. Yeah, there's, just, there's always fights going on. And I know it's not the most popular sport, so we try to stay away from it. Uh, but big fight this weekend, Stipe Miocic uh, fighting out of strong style MMA, Independence, Ohio, fighting for the heavyweight title against Daniel Cormier. By the way, I like how he's announced as fighting out of Independence, Ohio, Yeah. rather than just saying Cleveland. Nope, got to be specific. Yeah. Strong style MMA, shout out to strong style. Shout um, out. But yeah, it should be a great one. I just kind of want to hear everybody's predictions. Do we think is going to win? Is it unanimous or... I'll go first. Let's hear. I have, I have no, no idea. idea <laughs> but I, was I like I like Stipe a lot, and I'm gonna say he's gonna win. Beautiful. Yeah. Steve, you a big uh, MMA fan? I wouldn't say I'm a huge MMA fan, but I do follow Stipe Miocic on Instagram. I see what he's up to, and yeah, honestly, I, I can't go against the guy. I I, th- I think he's gonna get it done, and I'm really excited to see him fight Francis Ngannou after this. That is gonna be the really really big fight. You think he'll get the rematch? Who? Stipe and Francis. You, you think they'll fight? I think they will. Stipe's already beaten him. Yeah, they fought once before. Stipe mauled him. Ganu has destroyed just about everybody he's fought since yeah, he's, he's on a big-time win streak. Except for Stipe. Right. And he's a different fighter. He is. Oh, he's much more I want experience. the USA and Cameroon matchup, so like me and my wife are in. Oh, yeah. house ourselves in the American and right. Cameroonian flags, and we can like... She hates MMA, too. This is, this is big and hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Shots awesome, man. Uh, Daniel. Uh, hashtag and still. I yes. want to believe. Yes, it. he's going to win. Like I, like he's going to win. I see. I, I, uh, I was starting to get a little nervous because of the things you you had you have been talking about with me about it with uh, DC uh, changing up his game plan and going more to a ground based uh, attack against Stipe. But I'm telling you, dude, I watched that embedded video today. And DC essentially said he's gonna try and he's gonna try and stand Stipe again. And I, I just well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. DC, after that second fight, uh, is training with Mark Henry, which is a phenomenal like striking MMA coach. So he's working not, on his boxing. Not that Mark Henry. Not not the fighter. Not the not the not the not the world's, not the world's strongest man, <laughs> wrestler. So he's working with him. He's he's a notorious uh, MMA coach, striking coach. So DC isn't even focusing on his wrestling as much. He, yeah. he has it, but he's like, I'm going to stand bang with Stipe, and he's working on his striking and his yeah. boxing. So it's yeah, it's I, a scary thought, but um, 
like we were saying, Stipe, he, he's a great wrestler too. Shouldn't be too worried about DC kind of trying to maul him for five rounds because he gets tired. He's a big dude. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I, I um. I'll I, put the house on Stipe. I don't care. I'll lose if, all the money. I just look at it this. So so when 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 DC beat Stipe, uh, Stipe allowed DC to get in into him a little bit, and then he started mm-hmm. dirty boxing him while they were like semi clinched but he, he caught him on the chin when he was they were essentially hugging each other mm-hmm. so the, if if Stipe can avoid that keep his distance a little bit because he has a severe reach advantage eight on, inch, on DC eight inch reach so if he just like you know sticks him a couple times just keeps that jab working and jabs him a bunch and then you know when he sees the opening like he saw body shots yeah if you know if DC is going to do that again and mm-hmm. leave his arms high and not protect his body you know Stipe is going to that's the first thing he's going to be looking for to see if uh, DC learned learned to defend that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, man, there's some, and there's also we talked about it before the episode. There's something about <sighs> DC gained a lot of weight after that last fight, a lot of weight, big time. And uh, he's not young. <laughs> he's what 43? 42, uh, he's 43? 41. I okay, believe. so he's in his 40s, and. It's asking a lot for a dude in his forties to drop a ton of weight like that and still stay as uh, uh, still stay as powerful mm-hmm. as he's been, and he, he has dropped a lot of weight. I, I noticed in that embedded video, he's dropped a lot of weight. Um, if if you don't know what I mean by embedded, UFC puts out um, like preview series is called embedded on YouTube. Um, where they preview a bunch of the fights that are coming up the week of, basically. So, um, yeah, I just I think Stipe's going to win, man. I Listen, do. I hope you're right. I hope he puts him in a retirement. I hope he knocks him out. I, I hope it's even I, more I, beautiful. Than I'm honestly, I'm so I'm and I'm I'm and I feel like I'm a broken record saying this. I say this after every Stipe fight. I'm so sick and tired of disrespecting yet, especially especially from the US, UFC themselves, like. They don't market Stipe. He's the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. It's not even it's not even the disrespect in the sense that he's not good enough. It's you're not interesting enough. Yeah. That's the disrespect. Which is so stupid. Right. Yeah. He's right. not marketable is what they say. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He's not a big time trash talker. He's not a big time social media star. All the guy does is just knock people out. Yeah. And not, fights not fighters. Marketable. Humble guy from Cleveland. First responder. Right, being like, right. he's especially like, he's like, COVID, like, is is that not what you want? He's like, like the all American hero. Yeah, the I dude agree. is a firefighter. <laughs> like, Modelo disagrees, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Modelo and yeah, Cub Cadet. He's, yeah. yeah, Cub Cadet as well. Um, hey, should we like? When is that? This weekend? Yep, this weekend, Saturday. Saturday night. Uh, where are you watching it? Like here? Or uh, well, I'll be working pretty late, so I'm probably just here. You guys gonna? I'm party? honestly thinking about getting it at my new house. I'd be interested on Saturday. Yeah, I'd be interested. You should so if anybody That's wants to hang fight, out, I would definitely. I could do. I'm supposed to get uh, my internet uh, Friday morning at my new house. So Saturday, it's it's a pretty expensive fight. So I'd probably have to ask people to chip oh, in. No, no. If we went, we would yeah, chip in. It's yeah, like yeah. 65 bucks. It might yeah. be more, but no, it's 64.99. I think on ESPN Plus, not including the subscription. If you, well, have I, a, I have the subscription. There you go. Yeah, 66. Um, but also, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley is fighting. Yes, he is. That dude, dude, look that dude up. We won't even Sean have to O'Malley, him, but... UFC fighter. This dude's got crazy, like rainbow about... colored hair. If you want to talk and about he the next is star, a, dude, he's like really? he's like Connor. Yeah, I was gonna say if you want to compare anybody to Connor, it's this kid. Oh, really, little kid, like Stop. real, real wiry, like. 
But that dude is... He's a bad dude. Does he have, like, dude. clown hair or something? Yeah. Okay, then I have seen yeah, him. Yeah, he is a bad dude. Mm-hmm. What's his name again? Sean O'Malley. Sugar Sean O'Malley. Sean Welcome to the Sugar Show. S-E-A-N O'Malley. Yes. So tune in uh, and watch your very own Clevelander win the belt. <clears throat> and, and still. And still. Hashtag and still. Quick thought. That's yep. the most prominent UFC fighter from the Cleveland area. Jessica oh. Evil Eye. Yeah, Jessica Eye from... Ravenna. She's had better days in the UFC, but... Poor she's fighting can. soon, I think. But Did yeah. she just fight? She's fighting again? Mm-hmm. She, no, she, she missed lost her weight. last fight. But she, she still lost, fought. She lost her... Yeah, let's see. She still fought because she lost. She's fighting again soon. Almost positive. Um, are there any other fighters from Cleveland in the UFC? Yeah, there's... Uh, so there's actually... Me, I know there's let some. Me, let, me, let me pronounce his name right. We should get him on the podcast. Hey, uh, so come on, producer. Do oh, your job. Baby. I've I've mentioned strong style MMA earlier, and this is a UFC light heavyweight. He fights out of strong style. I think he's oh. probably about my age, maybe like a year or two older. His name's Alexa Kammer. Um, young kid. Maybe we can get him Cleveland. on next week and break down the steep. But right? but I saw him at uh, one of his amateur fights. Uh, I watched him on UFC uh, Dana White looking for or uh, sorry Dana White contender series. He's from Cleveland. Alexa Kammer, go give him a follow. Shout out if you're a hardcore MMA fan and you're looking to you know follow a guy from the ground up. This kid has potential. Um, I've seen him live. He's just absurd. So, so oh, if, so if cool. he's your age, he's an up and comer. Yeah, he's probably like a year or two older, but USA wrestler, I believe. Like he uh, just has. All the talent, so yeah. Because I feel like most great UFC fighters, they don't hit their prime until like very late twenties or even their early thirties. Yeah, no. Being a twenty-two-year-old or twenty-three-year-old UFC fighter is just ridiculous to make it that far at such a young age. Yeah, no. He's he's the real deal. But yeah, there's a lot of talent coming out of that gym. Maybe he's not even a USA wrestler. I take that back. I don't know. All right. Well, anyway, uh, go Stipe and still bring it home. Uh, that would be how many title defenses would that be? Uh, he had four, okay. and then maybe this would be six after. Well, no, because he so this would be five, I think. Yeah, which is a record. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's I, yeah, he's he already. I think he already has the record defending yeah. four times. Mm-hmm. Arguably the greatest. Yeah, I mean, he's nineteen and three. I mean, that's that's the that's the thing. Like he's, it shouldn't be arguably. I know. Like he is. Like I just hear all this smack talk from DC saying he's cementing his legacy by beating him. And like, I get out of here. Whatever. You're not the greatest. Yeah. I'm sick of him. Yeah. Retire. How about you fight John Jones again before you call yourself the greatest? I know. It's never going to happen. John Jones will wear his ass out. All right. Anyway, uh, before we get out of here, let's do a round of shout outs real quick. Uh, you got anything to shout out, Steve? Um, do I need to break the big news or do you want to do that, Dan? I don't know what that means. Oh, never mind. Um, as far as me, eh, I mean, God, you caught me on the spot here. I don't really have anything to shout out, I guess. All good. Well, why don't we go, Jordan, go next, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to see if he's got something. Uh, I guess shout out to my family. Super generic, I know. But uh, we had a good time on vacation last week, and it was just fun hanging out like old times. So... <laughs> I think that's probably the longest I've been with my immediate family since, like, everyone started moving out of the house. 
which was several years ago. So, yeah. I'm going to say shout out to fall flavored beer making oh. the comeback. Making the comeback. Because I'm excited. Oh. Ready for spooky season. We've already discussed the hayride. Don't know when that's happening. <laughs> yes. Or is it my turn? I think. Yep. Um, boy, I got caught on the spot too. Um, I want to uh, uh, shout out City Pittsburgh. Completely forgot about it. That's not legal. Screw you, Pittsburgh. I dogged Cincinnati earlier, and it's on to you now. Screw you, Pittsburgh. Oh, two for two. Mm. Got, Got anything, Steve, or no? Do I get to rag on Detroit now? No, yeah, I don't. But you can, but I don't have a sound effect for it. <laughs> nah, that's about the best I've got today. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week on LOTL. Thanks for tuning in and listening. You can follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast. Check out our website, LOTLpodcast.com. And uh, that's going to do it for us. So uh, for Steve, who filled in for Ryan tonight, thank you, Steve, for joining us. Jimmy. Good job, Jimmy. Thank you. Jordan, welcome back, bud. And uh, I'm Dan, and uh, we'll see you. We'll catch you guys next week. See ya. See ya. Bye.